You're listening to Dynamo's Dust. Now let's welcome your host, Team Dynamo Kelly. Welcome to Dynamo's Dozen, the podcast that I bring you each and every single week where I talk about whatever may be on my mind from pro wrestling, sports, entertainment, music, movies, musically fresh shops and jocks, and everything in between, never forgetting the talc. And you are very welcome to a brand new spin-off of Dynamo's Dozen, which is going to be called Dynamo's Dozen's Mysteries and Theories. And today, I welcome an extremely special guest in the world of Sasquatch. That is right, Mr. Ron Moorhead. Anybody who knows anything about the world of Bigfoot or Sasquatch knows exactly who Ron Moorhead is. He is an author, adventurist, producer of the Sierra Sounds, the most infamous, infamous recordings of actual Bigfoot speak. And uh, the guy is an absolute legend in this field. He's been known for decades in his worldwide search uh, into the Bigfoot and Sasquatch phenomenon to date. He still comes closer than any other researcher to having what he considers and what many people consider an actual foolproof body of evidence. And he joins me today on the show to talk about everything Bigfoot and Sasquatch. So strap in, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be good. And welcome. Here we are, myself, Ian Adonimo Kelly, and a legend and a man with a deeper voice than me, Mr. Ron Moorhead. Welcome to the show, sir. Well, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. I <laughs> I wouldn't expect a deeper voice than you, but I guess that's what it is. <laughs> you have one of the coolest. No, happy uh, to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, oh, and thank you for taking the time out to, uh, to 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 join us. Where where are you based now? You're you're basically up in the mountains, right? Right now, no. Right now, I'm in uh, Washington <laughs> State, Washington. Uh, on the Olympic Peninsula. Uh, we'll be leaving here shortly. I got a month to spend in North Carolina here uh, in November, and then I got to go to California in October. So, I, uh, I anyway, but I'm in Swim, Washington, right now. Nice. And, uh, been here for the last six years, off and on when I'm not traveling somewhere. Awesome. And a lot of my, um, you know, there'll be a lot of my listeners that know that I'm into the. Um, I'm very into the world of, you know, the paranormal, the, you know, the, the unknown, the mysteries that this world has to, you know, to provide us. And uh, one of my favorite subjects is, of course, the phenomenon that is Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever we want to call them. Um, and you, uh, it's funny because when I was a kid, the, I, I heard the Sierra sounds and I remember going, what in the name of, I, I think I was maybe 10 or 11. And I'm not gonna. Uh, you're. You're. Uh, I'm not gonna swear in your presence, but let's just say, it it left me pretty messed up for a couple of days. I was like, "What oh, is sorry this? about that?" No, it's it's a good thing. It was just more like, you know, we 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 talk about lake monsters and stuff like that, and we look at hoaxes with you know Loch Ness that we have closer to home over here and and stuff like that. And you know, you, you you're trusting, you know, you're tr you're trusting someone on a camera 
to have a still shot, but you actually went and got sounds. Um, well, we just lucky, I guess, right space with the right thing, doing the right thing. And uh, this thing, so probably still so why, okay. Why don't you take us back to that, I suppose, in, in terms of before we get to, to what you recorded, how did when did you first kind of hear of Sasquatch? Was it was it the Paddy the Patterson Gimlin tapes or? Uh, I was aware of that film, but that wasn't what got me into it. Okay. You know, what got me into it was actually going up there where these hunters that I knew well uh, sure. were started encountering these things, and they came yeah. out. And uh, I wasn't a hunter at the time. This is 1971. Sure. And I was 29 then, so you can do the math on that one. <laughs> <laughs> You're still looking good. You say you're just a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you're still looking good, my friend. Anyway, one of the guys, uh, they, the two brothers, Johnson brothers, went up there and uh, and had encountered these things when they came around the camp. Now, they've been in this camp since uh, 1958, I think it was. So they, it's a long time. It's about eight miles in the wilderness in the Sierra Nevada Mountains of California. Wow. And uh, 8,400 feet in elevation. So wintertime, you're blocked out from the snow load and all. So you just get up there in the summertime. And... Uh, so they came out with this uh, story and told the other hunters, which I knew them all personally. I was friends with them. And uh, uh, the guys, you know, one that was gone. So they went up there, all of them. And uh, one of the guys got just real freaked out. And he, he left the next morning as soon as he could see daylight and get, get out. Because you can't leave up there at night. You're just sure. stuck. <clears throat> and uh, anyway, he came out and uh, said, it sounds like he just froze. He was raised religiously. He didn't know where that might fit into anything that he was aware of and it just really you talk about it, it messed you up for a couple of days it messed him up for life i think yeah sure. yeah it, it's really a pretty horrific uh sounding thing so, and when he experienced him like i say he left a note and just took off and so the other guy hadn't came out when they were supposed to at the time uh they really didn't know what they were dealing with uh if it was a monster gonna eat them or if it was gonna carry them away in the sleeping bag or what but he came out and told the women, you know, it sounds like what they encountered up there was some kind of monster. He don't know what it was, but uh, he didn't want anything to do with it. So uh, the guys didn't get back when they were supposed to. So he, the women wanted him to go back and he wouldn't go back by himself. So that's how I got invited. I knew them and they trusted me. And so we made the trek in, pretty imposing trek. I walked in with him. I thought I was in good shape, but it's a pretty, pretty imposing trail. Eight miles. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and well it's not just eight miles it's the way you got to do the eight yeah. miles <laughs> yeah sure and uh since then i've had a few accidents all of us have had accidents off that area sometime or another sure. but that got me involved and uh, i started going back as i was a kid i got up there him and i did and the guys were just packing up to leave so sure. we barely got in there in time for them to shove me on a horse and get me out of there because i i couldn't walk anymore as my legs were like jello but i did see my track and seen what they had recorded because they took tape records back in with them sure and i we came out and as soon as i could get back and go back with somebody i, I would go back as often as i could and we all took tape recorders and these things continued to come around the camp and making these aggressive sounds and that's the way it was in 71 and 72 the winter of 72 uh one of the Johnson brothers, uh, senior of our group, he's passed away now. He wrote a letter to Ivan Sanderson, who was a cryptozoologist back east and well-known. And he thought it was probably a hoax because nobody has encounters like this where you actually get a glimpse of these things and you hear them and record them. And uh, he sent it off to a guy named Peter Byrne, which is on the West Coast in Oregon. Peter thinking the same thing. Sent it to, just in case it was real, he sent it to a 
somebody he knew down in uh, Red Bluff, California, and that was uh, a Redding, California, excuse me. Yeah. That was a guy named Alan Barry. He and I later became friends, but he came down to interview us all, and uh, we listened to us all separately and together, and and uh, we invited him in in 19, winter of 1972. So as soon as he could get in, uh, he went in, in the following year, 72. And I started going back as often as I could, too. He ended up uh, looking for the hoax like everybody thought it was. And uh, he couldn't find one. But he started recording. He got kind of caught up in it himself. But he was still looking for how could somebody could pull this off way back here. You know, never mm-hmm. never show themselves hardly. Because he never got even a glimpse. Of, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, that's how I got involved. And it's called the Sierra Sounds. Ended up recording these things that came back year after year, not every time, but very, very many, many times uh, from 71 through 76, actually. So we all were, anytime we go up there, we take tape recorders and uh, we'd record their vocalizations. Alan Berry was an investigative reporter already. He wasn't just a, a guy we knew. He'd come up there again trying to figure it out. Yeah. So he was still trying to do his, he has a master's degree in science. The guy's uh, he's a writer, he's just a nice guy. And, uh, we didn't know he was looking for a hoax. We, we thought he was just up there trying to experience some kind of fun something. You know? sure, <laughs> we was having yeah, fun yeah. with it, even though it scared us. It might frighten you a little bit at first, but after that, you get used to it. That they're not going to eat you or carry you away or something. Of course, we all had heavily, we were all heavily armed. Sure. We uh, always carried weapons with us, and not just for the case of Bigfoot attacked us, but uh, there's other things up there that can get you. There's a lot of bear up there. Uh, I've got a Hat band made out of a 52 inch rattlesnake that we shot on the trail once up there. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, you you, uh, you go prepared. And uh, so, anyway, we were all prepared to shoot our way out if we had to, but uh, didn't have to do that. These things uh, would come around, and I think that they realized we didn't want to shoot them, and they started interacting with us a little bit. And uh, so that's how it all began for me. I started going back and I started immediately looking history of giants. How could these things be around now? Because I mean, you're yeah. talking about massive, their feet big they're heavy their voices are heavy and yeah. big and uh so that, that got us on the start but alan barry uh ended up recording him and then uh, finally uh, and uh, right after that he wrote a book or co-wrote it with ann slate about our story he got a professor at the university of wyoming to uh look at the recordings that he made and uh to see if there was any foul play going on with them, if they were sure. real uh, electrical engineering professor of electrical engineering that was a uh, Professor Curlin at the University of Wyoming, and he did a year-long study and said that they were genuine. They were not pre-made or remade or or backed backed up or you know played backwards or no sixty-cycle hum, which would have showed pre-recording, re-recording. They weren't uh, speeded up, slowed down, and they were original. And uh, that was a big step, but still, academia don't tackle this subject very easily. <laughs> they don't accept no. it very easily. Exactly. Even though he's written over a hundred <laughs> professional papers, this guy is undisputable. He's got all kinds of clearances and everything to do what he did. And but we got the tapes established as being credible. Yeah. However, the the range they have within the within their vocal range is superior to humans. Sure. It's and uh, you, you can hear that below. In the, you can hear that. Yeah, it's very guttural, isn't it? It's like well, it can be, or it can be high. Yeah. Uh, it can be whatever they want it to be. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're just amazing. Their vocal mechanism is amazing. Uh, it wasn't until a few years later we had a cryptolinguist uh, uh, trained by the Navy as a cryptolinguist. Scott Nelson's his yeah. name, and he yeah. he analyzed the sounds too. He came all the way up from Missouri where we was teaching 
teaching foreign languages there in a college and interviewed me and Al Berry both and uh, was getting the context of the sounds and asked if he could study them. So uh, he had heard them by accident on a program his son was doing, but he got a hold of them. He made, he made contact with us, came out and uh, we interviewed. He, he got to study them, so we gave him a copy of them too so he could uh, look into them. Uh, he was trained to find out if there is languages if it is a language by the human definition of human definition of language and that means uh do you mind if i ask you a question on that actually is that so was his first job obviously was to try and decipher whether this was a hoax i'm sure that was in his mind thinking right is it a hoax and then first then secondly okay this is not a hoax what is this thing yeah you're talking about dr curlin or yeah scott yeah. Nelson? yeah yeah scott nelson dr. Curlin? Oh, well, he Curlin, was a scientist. Sorry, apologies, yeah. yeah, he's not. Uh, Doctor Curlin is not going to say one way. He just says that, that there's no evidences of any maldoings with these sure. tapes. Sure. And they were so. There's where Doctor Curlin's works kind of stopped because yeah. Uh, yeah. But it wasn't until the cryptolinguist got a hold of him and he's trained like, for 30 years. He's been doing this and 20 years retired from the military as a cryptolinguist, yeah. assigned to places to just try to decipher to transcribe if it's a language and when i say language that's that's kind of a critical thing for me and, and i hope for others too because sure. that means a morphine stream of words which make a sapient sentence and where it takes a special connection to the hyoid bone uh, into the uh, into the tongue and the nervous system in the brain so you can relate in words like we're doing now what you're sure. seeing and what yep. you think but no other animal on the face of this planet is supposed to have that yet these things have that yet they're capable of making speech and making sounds much higher and much lower than we do. I think they, I think they go in infrasound. I think they go in ultrasound. I think they can mimic just about any animal out there from the, what we've had done. We've had unprofessional people looking at these. And one guy, a thinker thunker did a, a 20 minute segment on the Sierra sounds. And he said that the uh, one tone, they can do five, five octaves in one tone. And he says that's humanly impossible. Yeah. And he shows it on a graph. And of course, that's what Curlin did too. He had a box in his uh, paper that he wrote on this. And uh, it's actually Dr. Curlin's reports in a book called Man Like Monsters on Trial. That was published uh, by UCB Press in uh, Vancouver, BC in 1980. It gives the whole report in there, but it shows where there are a certain little piece of it that he showed on his graph, showed where their frequencies go much higher than what the average human can do and it goes much lower also and plus they can do they can speak like we do in, in our language i mean in our language but in our in our frequency so when we so hear... that got me studying giants and going on but uh no no it's it, uh, it's really like yeah. for me this is really you know it, it's like we're recording a show but i'm getting to ask you questions that i've always wanted to ask also so it's it's kind of cool. okay go for it <laughs> no but i mean for me without getting to the i'll bring the big questions later about what people have seen and stuff like that but i'm, I'm interested now that we're on the conversation of um you know the sounds that they can make because you know I'm, I'm big into music myself i used to be in a, a rock band very low-key but it's like you know they would have a, a a bigfoot would have a hell of a career in a in a, in a heavy metal band that's for sure <laughs> you probably wouldn't hear the music but um in terms of um in terms of the sounds, like again, I will put the uh, I'll put all the links below in the description so that people could go to your website and hear the sounds and and get your books uh, because I have read uh, your two books, uh, the the Quantum Bigfoot and Voices in the Wind in the Wilderness, 
to uh, highly recommend it for anybody that's into learning more about Bigfoot and just just more about what what work you've done. So we'll uh, we'll put those links in the description um, at, at, at the uh, at the end. One of the things that I noticed, it, it, they call it the, the samurai sound. Um, that's that's you kind of speaking back with them in, in, in these clips, right? That was that was that was me yeah. yelling at him one night. It's, that was 1974. We'd already encountered wow. him three years earlier. Wow. And that was the night I got to see one, by the way, which is just a glimpse because they're so fast and they're so smooth. And okay. this thing was, uh, there were three of them, we believe. Sure. Uh, one behind us over here, and then there was two down below. They go in packs, don't they? They kind of surround you. Is, it, is that true? Well, they were that. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's times when we jump out of the shelter trying to see them, and and uh, the one had been making sounds way behind the shelter. You know he couldn't see you, yet he would stop making the sounds as soon as you open the shelter door. Wow. The shelter is also just a bunch of logs leaning up against a cable, you know. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but this night was in 74 and they started interacting with us while we were outside the shelter, which is really unusual. And I was just there with one other guy and me and my friend Bill, we'd pack some supplies in and we were there that night and, uh, and they started uh, wrapping their rocks, pounding and stuff like that and, and uh, whooping. And, and if we found out from our encounters with them before, if you just be still and keep doing what you're doing, they come in closer. Then they start chattering amongst themselves and they'll, but this night they start crying out to me and the crypto linguist says that uh, they were, it seems like they were trying to slow their rapid chatter they, they talk really really fast they slow their rapid chatter down to something that possibly we could uh, communicate with yeah. so i think i'm quite sure that one of them was trying to say something to me i don't know what he was but i have no idea what and i don't know <laughs> yeah. if he or she because i didn't see him doing it yeah. uh, but it's uh it was quite an exciting night and we both got glimpses of them that night, which was a long time coming, uh, even though some of the others have got glimpses of them before, but I never had. And it's hard to get a glimpse. You must be wondering why you didn't get a picture. He's up there and all those happened. Well, it wasn't that we didn't try. We tried to get pictures with rigged up camera traps and everything, but that's like they were one step ahead of us on that stuff. Yeah. And well, that's their domain, attention. isn't it? You know what I mean? They, they... Well, it is. But I mean, for them to understand what that thread's doing that's strapped across these two trees and black thread in the middle of the night, but they wouldn't trip it. Or if they did, they did have three cameras knocked off a tree up there, if I remember okay. correctly. Okay. So we never did get a picture, and that's what we're really after. Uh, but we got the sounds. So that's what you're... That's what you're talking about now is the sounds and the credibility to them. We also had a language specialist uh, listen to them besides her crypto linguist. And uh, she says that, yeah, no human can make that sound. And she challenges anyone to try it. You know, just do it. Yeah. You think you can. A guy named Joe Rogan thinks he can do it, but I've challenged him. And You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm glad you said that because uh, unfortunately, I, I used to be a Joe Rogan fan, but I think Joe Rogan kind of, I think you got to give Joe Rogan a pass. I think he changes his mind every week these days. You know, he <laughs> well, was... he needs to change his mind on this thing. Thing is, I and he he, he didn't do his homework. He, yes. he obviously didn't know anything about these when he started saying they were. You know, he could do it and all that stuff. And absolutely, it's not like we backed up our truck uh, in the back of a dirt road somewhere and opened up a six pack. You know, it's not the way it happens. A very yeah. sober camp. Long, long, after a lot of effort to get in there, and uh, he just needed to because he seems like an intelligent guy, but he just needs to 
check things out before it melts off like that. I, I, I agree. I agree. And then it's funny because when you look at it, then he hears certain sounds and he's like, oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, that's interesting. But also, yeah. you know, you, you hear two of them talking to each other yeah. out there, chattering, and they're stepping yeah. on each other. So how do you, you can't fake that. No. First of all, he's going to duplicate. He's got to have two people that can do it. Sure. I mean, <laughs> step on. Be, so there, gotta, there was you no. Gotta have, you got to have Robert Plant and Ian Gillen at the same time. Yeah, and there <laughs> was no, <laughs> there was no, there was no manipulation in the tapes. So no. they're real. Uh, that's been established now by science. And yeah. Uh, so anyway, and you get these people saying that humans can't do it. I just challenge anyone to do it if you can. Listen, uh, I'll anyway, try, I'll try to whoop or two in uh, in my time, and it's not a <laughs> it's not an easy thing. It's it's, it's well, the whooping uh, I think can be. Uh, I think oh, they that. do different types of whoops. I've got them recorded. By the way, I have two CDs also. All the stuff's downloadable on my website, yeah. RonMoorhead.com. Yeah, but there's two CDs, which are one's narrated by me. It is my story, and I integrate the sounds in it that I'm talking about. When you get to the context, uh, you'll yeah. hear the sounds and. And also, uh, uh, the first one I produced was uh, Alberry's story, and it's a uh, it's about forty minutes. They're both about forty minutes. We've integrated yeah. Jonathan Frake Star Trek. He he enters. Uh, oh, that's cool. He talks in that one. Yeah. So yeah, he paid him, but he did it. <laughs> 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 you got to spend money to make money, right? <laughs> uh, well, I never made money on that one. I guarantee you that. We gotta we gotta send him uh, we gotta send him an email. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, in terms of, uh, you you mentioned something sorry if, if you don't mind me bringing you back a little bit because this is I, I get ahead of everything no I, i'm glad you're you're steering the ship my friend i'm just i'm just a happy passenger and um, but there is one question i'd like to ask based on what you saw because obviously listeners here kind of i'm sure there's many listeners here going wow that's that's crazy especially when they hear and um, you know what you recorded but in terms of what you saw you got a glimpse can you can you describe that for me uh no more than i did it was running through the trees it was a bright and moonlit night 8400 feet elevation sure. the mountains is sure. pretty bright and uh it was going probably i don't know maybe maybe 50 yards from me and it made that samurai cry uh, and shot down through where the other two were and we think it was a, a female and an adolescent. So we think it was a family of them three. Sure. And uh, I got the, actually the little voice recorded uh, too. On, oh, if you buy my book, one of my Voices in the Wilderness book comes with a, a CD a download of the sound. So when you get the context, you can hear the sound I'm talking about. Awesome. And uh, if you want the audio, so you can play it in a car or something, then the CD is probably which one. But anyway, you link into that audio and I've got a big little, they call it, I think that's on my website too for free if somebody wants to just go listen to it. Sure. It's, uh, it's called Big Little Bits. Little voice with a big voice coming down on it. And I think maybe the little ones getting curious at night and that brought the big ones around. I'm not sure. <laughs> and it, did it look like huge? Yeah, obviously. It was huge. Huge and fast and smooth. That's that's strange. because It just ran like, like nothing, nothing else you can imagine. A man couldn't run like this. Sure. Uh, there's there's logs. There's all kinds of brush and stuff laying or laying around up there. You just don't go smooth riding down through the trees like that. Yeah, breaking in and out of the trees, and uh, it was it was exciting. I got to tell you, but I can't give you any details on the thing. No, just of look at me. Yeah. But I mean, however, uh, my daughter I saw them three times up there. She oh, really? A little more detail. 
And how would she describe what she saw? Like, would it be, you know, big? It was about little over seven foot tall. It was staring at her and I had walked in with backpacks. And sure. We had barrels up there strapped to the trees so we could, animals, mules could bring our stuff in and we wouldn't have to pack so much. In. Sure. We'd have to keep up there, things like that. But, yeah. So we'd walked in and uh, just had a good time. And one was staring at us while we was eating our dinner in the daytime. And, uh, wow. She stood up to turn around to grab a paper towel off the tree there that we had. She saw it and just, she just froze. And I didn't know what, yeah. so by the time I got it out of her and all that and turned around, it was gone. Wow. <clears throat> but went over there and I stood where it was. She was about seven foot three, but that was one of her sightings. And that's in my rendered evidence in my book, second book. Uh, would you, um, would you be, it, it, what, what would your opinion be on um, the Patterson-Gimlin footage? Because that's obviously why I believe it's real. I think Roger probably did get a hold of this guy to uh, phony it up because he was trying to do something with it. But he did have a suit made, and and I've known about that film now for, and I know Bob Gimlin pretty well. Of course, Roger Patterson passed away, but yeah, Bob seems um, like an old guy, doesn't he? Yeah, he he gets around. He's in his 80s, I think he's 85. Anyway, um, yeah, I think the film is real. I, I know Bill Munns, who studied it thoroughly. I know Dr. Uh, Jeff Meldrum, he studied it thoroughly. And Jeff Meldrum. And also yeah. another guy has studied it thoroughly. And, you know, you can't phony up what some of the stuff that they pulled out of that. So I, I tend to uh, think it's real. What really brings the little cloud over it that some people still have it out, well, is it real? Well, the cloud is that this you can't find the original film. Okay. You know, the, the original, we're all seeing secondhand films. Really? And so they, yeah, well, they, that's what brings the doubt up in people's mind because they think the first, the second row of the film had been uh, spliced and dubbed up and they sure. want to, you know, they want to see the original. But that's the only issue that people have with it. But I do believe that, uh, like I say, Roger Patterson was going to have something like that done, but he didn't get that far. He actually got a real one. Like he went into the spot where, where they'd been reported, big tracks anyway. And, it's, it's kind of crazy because I've seen people try and debunk it and they say, like, when you look, you know, in terms of the context, when you, uh, I know there's a guy on YouTube, I don't know whether you're familiar with him, uh, Tinker Tunker. Um, yeah. He, he kind of tries to, you know, look for things to debunk it, but he uses kind of like size and stuff and he looks at the surroundings to try and measure height and, and, and kind of size to see whether it could be real or not. And he kind of, I think he had, a, he had Paddy at about between seven seven foot eight and eight foot which is you know that's absolutely crazy to think about and plus like what year was that 1967 1968 yes october yeah and i think the forensic study did it at uh, seven foot three and three quarters maybe uh, seven three sorry yeah my, my, my yeah. maths is terrible so don't <laughs> <laughs> but but it, then again uh, seven foot three and the size of the thing and when you look at the yeah. arms and the face, it's it's. Uh, well, when you see the tracks too, how deep they go into ground that you can't even make a print in. It's it obviously got to have some real density to them. Sure. And uh, I don't think they're all the same, actually. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it falls into a possible uh, alien or people from the cosmos who have been here, who are here now, and who are messing with the genome of different species. And I. I I get into that in my quantum Bigfoot book, but yeah, I think probably the troglodytes did evolve. I'm not against evolution. I think it's not complete. There's something missing there, and yeah, it, uh, evolution doesn't explain our 
consciousness. Let's explain how we are telepathic or how we how some people can do things. We have much more abilities in us than than we want to accept. I think sometimes that's all we yeah. have to do is look into it. Uh, these things may have evolved a little bit more because they seem to have an ability to. Since I've been studying this for fifty years now. Um, they seem to have abilities that uh, we have not tapped into how to use yet. And I think it's in the quantum realm of, uh, of physics. Yeah. And uh, that's because uh, they say, well, the quantum physics only works in the micro world, you know, with little bitty things, little things. Well, sure. no, if it works, it works. It works throughout every particle of our body. We are, according to science, at the most minute level of our existence, we're energy vibrating at a frequency. And everything is. And uh, it just, brings you just open-mindedness a little bit uh, what uh, what we are and if these things can have the vocal mechanism according to dr lieberman at brown brown university he said only humans have that type of connection into the brain that we have the have bone on up and uh, if these things have that and they do yet they can do more than we can do with their vocal mechanism uh, what does that tell us is there a part of us that's part of them or is there a part of them that's part of us? How, how is the evolution actually working there and what has happened and what, what brings about our consciousness and our, our cognizance that there's, there's more to us than just the physical body. And yeah. we're, not, uh, we're not a body that's created a consciousness where consciousness has created a body. Yeah. <laughs> and once we know how to tune into our third eye and to get into all this stuff, sure. I have been I've been in this now for 15 years in the quantum physics. I've often wondered what what could account, what science accounts for how these things did what they did up there because there's other anomalies and mysteries that went on up there that I didn't talk about for years. And um, I had to find the, get to the bottom of it because Al Berry, who experienced some of them also, he, he said, you can't talk about this stuff. He, said, he had a master's degree in science, sure. but classical science, Newtonian physics. You got to get out of Newtonian physics, get into modern science, which is quantum physics, and see how everything in the universe actually works. And everything does work like that in the universe and quantum in the quantum realm. And that's where your consciousness comes in. So I get off the subject of Bigfoot a little bit, but I think if they're if nope. they have this same attribute that maybe we have, we maybe yeah. they're trying to teach us how to evolve into it, you know, so we can I heard Connect a great, uh, my, my partner, she's kind of got into Bigfoot uh, through me and she, she kind of, it, it was crazy because I always had this kind of, you know, idea that, um, you know, what if, you know, they were here before us. And I remember she said that to me one day, she was like, what if they were the original inhabitants of the planet? You know what I mean? They were, uh -huh. and, and we were put here as some sort of, I don't know, we're probably getting into what people will think is kind of cuckoo, but for me, it's like it, anything is possible. Like, what if we were we're the experiment? You know what I mean? And it's 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 kind of like you know we, we because we know. Well, you mentioned giants earlier, and I'm, I'm, uh, you know we know that they've excavated and dug and found giant bones, femur bones, and stuff like that of of people that were up to eight feet tall, actual giant people and buried. Um, I don't know whether that's the subject you want to get into, but but that is that you know they found that I, I'm not too sure where it was. I think it may have been in Mexico or something like that. Um, so it's 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 really interesting that like the world as we know it, what do we know? Nothing still, right? <laughs> I was just writing an article on what do we know. Uh, yeah, but I like your idea, you know, the woo-woo camp that you, the, the paranormal, where you're, yeah. but yeah. let's get 
you know, most people uh, come Sunday, they believe in God. So there's a woo-woo that, you know, what do you do about that? Yeah, absolutely. the same scientists that go to church on Sunday who want to believe in Bigfoot, they have to have more than just, they can't just, they can't get other disciplinary box which is yeah. understandable yeah uh but uh, i i i'm happy to be called a, a paranormal freak or wooer or whatever you want to call me it too. me too you put me in the same box with einstein tesla boris norcer uh these people were wooers if you really want to get in because yeah, they studied quantum yeah, physics. yeah, yeah. yeah. so did. if you want to get out of the box and know that there's more going on is what what's what you can see in our lights frequency and everything yeah. is frequency energy is vibration frequency true. we only see within certain frequencies and that's because of light you get out of that and uh, there's other frequencies going on other things existing out there that you can't see with your eyes our perception and can they cloak can they disappear there's a science that he says yeah a lot of things cloak i mean you just got out of our perception we can't see are they interdimensional well i tend to think that they have the ability to transfer their matter into just energy and to go out of your perception okay. and that would also account for the trackways disappearing which has happened to many people for a long time I was looking at this thing like they're just a monkey out in the woods just running around hadn't been discovered, but they're quite a bit more than that. A little bit smarter you. than that, yeah. Yeah, and your girlfriend's right. She's on the right trail, you know, getting back into uh, what did come first, uh, the monkey or the man? Yeah, not a chicken and an egg uh, conversation here, yeah. <laughs> well, I think the troglodytes evolved, but what, what was what was causing the uh, hybrids, or if these things are a hybrid, and frankly, I think we're hybrids because something happened to our genome many many moons ago we're eons of time and we we're given our what we are now humans and prior to that you, you might have the cavemen out there banging each other over with a head or a stick or something but yeah. we uh we don't we don't do that we, we cut each other's head <laughs> well, off we, we, some, some of us some people <laughs> well the key to this whole thing when it gets down to the bottom line is 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 we got to be a better better people as a country and we got to get a collective love love or, or compassion going on with us because the longer we keep hurting we're hurting everything and yeah. hurt is not where it's all at it's all out and trying to be good and uh yeah really it's been taught by the masters of old it's been taught for a long long time we're never going to accomplish anything we keep murdering each other and banging around anyway well said where well said well said no i agree 100 percent it's um, okay. it's it's one one thing that I um you know you know the, the woo woo as you said earlier like um you know it's only now that people like Joe Rogan like you say now are like oh suddenly I believe in aliens again it's like oh it wasn't <laughs> yeah, the cool government says it's <coughs> government says it's okay now to believe in aliens so yeah because basically now. the government that came out and said okay well we cannot verify what these things are you know especially when you had i can't remember his name the uh the guy who was basically like the top top gun he was basically maverick in top gun and he, he found the TikTok yeah. ufo yeah um yeah so well like, he's not the only one they're coming out of the woodwork oh, right and left up now they're seeing these things people are filming them they're seeing them Project and New Book, yeah. they, they're working in the quantum field and yeah. a lot of them are if they come down in our three-dimensional environment that's when you're going to see them solid that's when you can deal with them doctor otherwise you got to do it on a conscious level what if we are the aliens are. that were put here we were planning you know what i mean yeah, the light beings 
God, by the way, in the Bible is plural. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> God is light. So if you get into God, what he is, he's light. Yeah. I think the light beings are the higher dimensional people uh, that are, and maybe they created us and we are supposed to be followers of the light. And yeah. uh, even the Bible says Jesus was the light of the world. He came into the world. You know, da, da, da. I was raised religious. I'm not religious now. Me too. Me too. I, I'm not. I was raised religious, but there yeah. comes a point when things just didn't add up, you know, and, and some of the things there. I'm a so, Celt. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pagan being an Irishman. I'm, I'm a Celt. We, 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 <laughs> well, we, we, we worship <laughs> the sun and, and trees and stuff like that. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. Energy is energy. Trees, whether exactly. it's a tree, whether it's whatever it is. Yeah. And then you can connect with any of it. And, uh, I took a course in uh, Unity uh, years and years ago, uh, connecting with different things, just because sure. that's where your consciousness is. And once sure. you learn how to connect with outside, you know, take a, I, I use a, a analogy of a school of fish, spool of fish in the ocean, how yep. they all swim together, yep. turn the same time, same way the birds when they flock together, you know, going like this. Yep. They're not talking to each other. They're, they're entangling with each other yep. quantumly. And we do that. That's when... You might telepathically think hey, Mary's fixing a call and all of a sudden Aunt Mary, the phone rings, you know, there's yeah. things like that happened with us and we need to pursue how that works. It's, it's all, I think, how you connect in with your pineal gland, your third eye, which doesn't require light, but it's got all the attributes of an eyeball, just doesn't require light. That's what happens when you go into a deep sleep, into the alpha, to the theta state is a lot of times when even Tesla got his answers to a lot of his problems. Uh, I get carried away here. I just love this. No, stuff. you made a. I, I love. <laughs> I love this conversation. You made a really good point on a on a previous um, podcast. Uh, we'll give a shout out to Mysteries and Monsters. I think that's a great show. Um, but you you made a really good point on it about how you thought, you know, what we consider the afterlife or heaven and hell, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You made a really good point that you think that we are here. This is this is where we learn. You know what I mean? This is yeah, it. absolutely. And yeah. then where we go after is kind of like do we go back it's, it's all it's all about experiencing life in this three because yeah, yeah. we can change and we can raise our vibration in this in this uh, environment and you do that through compassion and love you, you can raise your vibration sure. to a frequency where better things happen for you and you start connecting more with different things and including people and uh, uh yeah i think i said if you're a religious a person uh, and you change forms because Stephen Hawkins in physics alone says you can never, energy can't die. It either changes, it just changes form. This body is is energy and it's just going to change form. I'm just incarnating this body now. We probably incarnated things before. If you don't pan out and do what you're supposed to do, you'll have the opportunity to probably come back and do it again. That's yeah. my thoughts. That yeah. goes against some some religions, but, but it makes so much sense to me and it, it's, uh, it just fits. And, yeah, uh, me too. Anyway, uh, if you're a physicist and you change forms, you're just going to go to another dimension. And I yeah. think it, you probably graduated into the fifth dimension. A lot of us are trying to get through the fourth dimension now, and uh, we're all in three dimensional environment. When these aliens and anything comes into our environment, they're subject to our the rules of this third dimension. So they can be shot. Bigfoot can be shot. Um, whether or not he stays shot or not is another story. <laughs> Yeah, time is another thing. Time yeah. is another thing. Yeah, time, time, according to physics, does not does not exist. There we don't on linear time, and if you can jump uh, time travel, I think is is according to physics is possible, and and supposedly we've been well, 
doing well, it for a long time. But well, here's a question for you: with, um, <clears throat> with with obviously we know with the likes of Roswell and stuff like that, we know. I know I'm not going into the UFO thing. I'm just asking the question that we know that the government has definitely found, especially the American government. I'm sure governments all around the world. You know, there, there's been there's been plenty in the likes of Chile and Mexico and stuff like that as well. Um, they've obviously found these bodies. I mean, one of my favorite uh, books that I read was the uh, the day after Roswell from um colonel philip j corso uh, who was who was on that um he was on the basically the, the cover-up uh team and he kind of came out with it in later years because he had nothing to lose um the same question i suppose goes for something like bigfoot do you think that some of these governments know that they exist they have them um and they've they possibly captured one or two or anything like that and if so why why cover it up is it the same cover up that they buried joints back in the day. Yeah, I mean. pretty much. I think you're on it. Yeah, they know about them, I'm quite sure. And uh, yeah. But it throws a kink into Darwinism. It throws a kink into a lot of religions. Uh, people yeah. just, I think we're fixed. we're going into discovery right now. Yes. Discovering things. And I think that's the time we're in. I think, what the, I think that's what the mind calendar of 2012 was all about, you know. Yeah. I always did think that. We're just going to change. We're going to start being enlightened about things. And there's a statement that uh, Nikola Tesla said, he says, the day that science begins to study non-physical phenomena will make more progress in one decade than all the previous centuries of its existence. So I think we're in that, we're in that time now. Yeah. And uh, I, I love it just because it's a uh, me too, me too. good time I mean, to be alive. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of, with, with, with the kind of two years that we've had with the kind of whole coronavirus and lockdowns all across the world, it's given a lot of people time to maybe look into things that they may never have looked into previously you know and mm -hmm. um you know some good some bad um but i would 100 agree with you getting back to to um to bigfoot i mean i'm a big uh, big fan and a big proponent of the native americans always have been mm -hmm. um Me too. and i mean these these guys you know basically they, they drew them <laughs> they 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 actually illustrated them on rock, you know, like they they knew right. This is the I I know they had different mount different uh, names for them. Sometimes they call them the de the mountain devil or you know I think that's where the the name Sasquatch originally came from as well. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, um, by by your experience, um, it seems to be that they you know while we're out or you're out studying them and looking for them they're also studying you so they they obviously know the good and the bad of mankind i would assume yeah yeah i <laughs> i think you're on the right trail there too yeah yeah we, we thought we were going up there and trying to study them and figure them out but they were maybe trying to figure us out or just yeah. curious about us uh, they never really hurt us or tried to from the sounds of the the some of these things and originally in 71 72 were very aggressive i mean chest beating sounds and oh again they, they they talk real rapidly so uh that's what the cryptolinguist did he had to slow it down to transcribe the language uh, that was in those tapes that we got and we we're all recording so a lot of a lot of redundancy there with different yeah. sounds yeah uh, anyway uh uh there <laughs> no it's incredible listen i know i know you're a busy man so we'll, we'll kind of wrap up um i suppose 
one thing I would like to say, and I always do with guests, as I said, I would would 100% encourage and implore people to uh, to go and, and check out the books, whether it be whether it be the audio, the CD version. Oh, people are into the audio these days, and it's narrated by yourself. You have a beautiful radio voice, anyway, my friend. So uh, I would happily That's listen perfect. to uh, listen to your your audio in the car. I'm old school though, so I like reading. Um, but for sure go and check it out like you said a lot of these clips pretty much all the clips are there free on your website anyway so you're not even charging people to go and check these sounds out they're there you can go and you can hear what uh, what ron has recorded and um, back in what year was it did you say 1974 um, well from 71 through 74 76 was when we had our last well it's into the last the last uh close-in encounters after that they were sort of well, we shot a bear in camp, and yeah, uh, it was just uh, one of those times when you kind of stopped the close-in stuff. And uh, uh, anyway, uh, I had my last actual vocal encounter was in 2011. Oh, nice! And then uh, had last uh, something strange happen up there in 2016. Okay, and uh, that was uh, very strange. We had a, a bolt of, I say, bolt or a light like a lightsaber in star wars yeah comes floating by our tent <laughs> wow i mean what do you do with that you know this thing is uh, intelligent not much. whatever it is it's <laughs> guiding through the trees you just got to sit and wonder they're gonna what, what's going on somebody said it went away but we watched yeah. it for close to a minute probably a long long sighting of that and uh it was just uh strange it was in 2018 when i allowed uh, david polides who uh makes the missing 401 uh uh, books and and DVDs. I, I have known him for years, and uh, we got together and decided to go up there and document the camp a little bit and interview me uh, at the camp. And he did that and put it on a DVD, Missing uh, the Hunted, Missing 411, something like Missing 411, The Hunted. That's what it is. So I got about a 15-minute section on that, which uh, and they recreated that light going by, which I thought was they did a really good job. It looked just like what they recreated. How do you and, feel? Uh, no about... one's been up there since. Uh, was that? Sorry, no. Go ahead. Continue. Oh. Well, I don't know if anyone's been up there since then because the fires moved in. The California fires right after that, and I'm not sure if anyone's been up there since the uh, since the fires and see what the damage has been done. There's one. There was one gentleman I just wanted to ask you about before um, you go. Um, you probably know what I'm going to ask you. Um, there's certain hoaxers and there's certain people within the Bigfoot community that like. Bigfoot community will say, no, that's a hoax. It's not good for what we're looking for. Um, Todd Standing, the Discovering Bigfoot um, documentary, I'm sure you've seen it. Um, how do you feel about it? Because I, I, it's just something I'm going to ask people because I, I always hear mixed feelings on both sides. I get this question asked quite a bit, and I, I guess it just... I hope you don't mind me asking, actually. Yeah. Oh, no, I just I, I don't want to give you an answer because I don't know what's real and what's not real with Todd Stanley. And I, I think he's probably, I know some people know him quite well and was with him during some of this stuff. So I think probably he has run into some stuff up there and yeah. real stuff. And, uh, but I think he's also hungry maybe for, and this is just my thoughts. I don't like to chime in on people, but sure, you know, because sure. I'm not their judge and I'm not the jury. Uh, what they do and how they do it is up to them. Yep. Uh, so maybe he got just a little eager to get more attention to it because it was, he thought, real and he wanted to make something happen. So I don't really know any more than that. And uh, 
don't even know that. I did hear him talk one time when I was talking in another conference we had in Washington here. And uh, anyway, uh, who knows? It's just the I reason I asked that is because it's such an interesting thing because if they are real Sasquatch that you're looking at, you know what I mean? When you see the eyes yeah. blink and stuff like that, you're kind of going, holy shit, that's that's pretty incredible <laughs> stuff <laughs> if, it's, if it's real, you know? Yeah, but once you get caught doing anything a little something wrong in any of your stories or anything you do then trust, bam you're marked trust. off yeah you're yeah. off the christmas list for a lot of people oh for sure brother for <laughs> sure uh, yeah absolutely absolutely so i mean like you say he could have some real stuff there but then it can be uh yeah. like the boy the croyd wolf kind of yeah. syndrome um but look ron it's been an absolute pleasure um thank you so much uh, for joining me on the show today and sharing your experiences uh, like i say you're you're an absolute legend in the in the world of, of Bigfoot and Sasquatch and, and basically, you know, a very, very honest guy who is not trying to promote more than what you have. You know what I mean? It's very, very easy to. Well, we, we got what we got. Uh, exactly. You know, people can take it or leave it, but the facts are the facts. This is, we've got the evidence. It's been professionally studied. Uh, Indisputable. Probably the, some of the best proof you can have aside from the film. And, if, yep. you know, so many people have thumbs up on the film but that doesn't answer academia because i think they're restricted with their budgets and yeah what they can really talk about or they'll lose credibility within their colleagues and uh, i understand i know these guys and i've been all over i've been into russia i've been into uh, i spoke in moscow museum one time with a couple of professors and i've been in south america where those uh, magnetic uh are and elongated skull studying those a couple mm -hmm. scientists a couple different times so and I went into Nepal uh, also. It's just uh, I've been looking for the answers. And I think the answers lies within uh, this what we've been talking about. Quantum yep. physics is how they do what they do. If they, through their vocal mechanism. By the way, I interviewed a lady from the UK just to drive another minute to talk. Or yeah, sure, done. of course. Yeah. Uh, I interviewed a lady from the UK uh, who uh, gave a report on the Sasquatch Chronicles. Uh, I think it's That's a great, uh, great show, by the way. Yeah, West, West got her and I got in touch with her. We did a Zoom back and forth like we're doing now and talked to her a little bit more about the encounter she had on the coast of California when she was over here on business. And she had uh, went down to this area in California uh, and walked down to the beach and set up on some rocks waiting for the sun to go down. Did that's you hear the that? Lady at the start, that's <laughs> the lady at the start of the uh, the intro. Yeah, tell the story. It's yeah, and uh, <laughs> she's sitting there for about an hour and there are these uh, two adolescents and two female Bigfoots and a big male come walking by on the beach and walked out in the ocean. They didn't notice her. She just sitting there still. And she just dumbfounded as she didn't know what to think of. And that's not <laughs> something I know a thing about. No. So after a while, she said, I got to get a picture of this or something. So she took her camera and dropped her lens cover and it dropped down the rocks. And that kind of uh, draw her, drew them to her attention. And uh, the male guy. Well, you, if you've heard the episode, but she drew me a picture and she said she was saying how they've uh, when they scream and also when they talk a lot, different tones, they'll, they'll, their voice like they got air sacs in their throat and they, they expand. And uh, that was critical to me because some of the sounds we got uh, suggest that, you know, they're getting the sound. It's like a ventriloquist or something, how they get their voice out so big. Sure. And sometimes you think they're saying they're holding the mic when yeah, really they weren't. Yeah. They couldn't have been because we could see the mic sometimes. And so if that's the case, and uh, I also had a somebody who 
uh, you know, mediator supposedly talking like a, I don't know what to think of this. I'll tell you what he said. Yeah, sure. He said, I said, well, how do they make the sounds? Because one time we thought our camp was being tore apart. We was inside the shelter. We thought all these cans and our barrels being tore up and all the stuff racked around out there. And we looked out there later and nothing had changed. Well, you don't, how do you put that? You just sort of put it up on the shelf and leave it there because you can't explain it. Uh, we should have seen a mess out there and didn't see a mess. Yeah. And the other things happened too that we just couldn't put a finger on. So uh, how they do these sounds they do besides their vocalizations and how they do what they do. Can they really be out of our perception? Can, perception? can they be disappeared? Can they do that? Did the trackway stop? There is a science that will solve that. It's quantum physics. Yeah. Um, where I was going with that, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, um, anyway, what I was going to say, uh, I cut this off a little bit, but I, I gotta, I gotta say if people want to understand more about them. They need to understand more about what we are, because I think there's some kind of connection with us all there. Sure. Uh, something, some alien entity, uh, has altered the uh, primates, the DNA. I think they mess with different species all over the world. I think they're doing that possibly to acclimate their species to this climate. But they are here. I think they live underwater. I think Bigfoot, possibly a lot of them who are not interdimensional, they just go underground. There's a weight to get into these cave, cave systems without. A lot of them. Words, I, I, that would solve the issue of why they're not being seen. That, and if it's, they're not different, and some of them can change their matter into energy only, they lose their density, their trackway stop, and they're able to move through things. So uh, that's where I'm at with them. Uh, I, I believe they're here. I know they're here. I mean, they're right around here in the Olympics where I live now. And I get calls on it all the time. But it's uh, it's exciting. I got to tell you, it's exciting. Yeah, I yeah. think, uh, you know, these aliens are going to reveal themselves more and more. Media is acclimating us to it all the time. Yep. And um, shows like you're putting on here and others are getting into all the mysteries behind these things. Because yep. why haven't we found one? You know, why haven't this? Why, how did that disappear? I, I mean, they've... <laughs> People have told me all kinds of stories. I used to just write them off like a lot of researchers do now still because they got to just be a wild ape running around the woods, right? No bullshit. No. It's easy, it's easy <laughs> to, more than, it's easy to call people crazy, isn't it? When you don't understand. Well, it's so easy. You yeah. know, uh, any advanced technology, how does this crows? Any advanced technology is uh, is the same as advanced technology. How does it go? Is the, I wrote that down somewhere. Advanced technology is, can be can be thought of as magic until you know the tech, the intellect behind it. Yes. In other words, there's there's like how do spaceships move so fast? Dot dot dot, just like that. They do it through consciousness. They have to because they have to be faster than the speed of light. Sure. And according to Einstein, nothing go faster than light, right? Yeah. Well, no, things can go faster. Our thoughts right now are going faster than light. Uh, you have to get into consciousness to see how these things move so fast because they move through consciousness and you can through and it's been shown now through physics that you can, you know, you can, these electrons will match each other across the universe. Uh, anyway, there's a lot going on. I encourage anybody to look into quantum physics. I encourage everybody to be nice to somebody else, <laughs> you know, do your, uh, do your elevation, your vibration frequency, get it higher. You do that through love and compassion. Don't get so pissed off at these old people next to the stop sign and can't see the light or something. You know, just have compassion for them. 
you might be one someday. Damn straight, <laughs> damn straight. I love it. That's a great way to close the show. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't add add anything better than that. Listen, Ron, I'd love to have you on again. Um, now that my guests, are, now that my sorry, my audience have, have kind of climatized to your story and um, i'm sure we're gonna it, it's gonna be a success you've been an absolute gentleman uh, and thank you for taking the time out and we'd love to have you on again and um thank you that's uh, nice to be with you i am uh speaking with george nori if you know who he is uh and, and a theater over in everett here uh, next weekend awesome. then i'm gonna go to uh kentucky i've got a big event back there at uh, crypticon i think crypticon Awesome. And three thousand people will be there. I'll be speaking there. And I, I got things like that going on. I'll be back in Washington again in uh, January for another event at Kelso. So, um, you know, I, I failed to sometimes get those on my website. I just try to put them on my Facebook page, which is Ronald J. Moorhead. Yeah. And uh, so people can keep up with them. Easy to get a hold of. I, I usually respond to any emails I get, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It's just a thank you. You know, I, I try to get to all of them. That's hard sometimes because some people want to write me a letter. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You got to be short and sweet, guys. That's well, the problem is they, they, it's a big deal for them, and I, I, I understand, and it's okay. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't need to listen to someone for 20 minutes or read about them for 20 minutes when they just had a Bigfoot run behind their car 20 years ago. <laughs> and they saw it. You know? and, uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. But stuff like that is kind of common because a lot of people are seeing them. They're coming out of the woodwork now, and I think aliens are going to come out of their oceans wherever they're staying yep. and they're going to start uncloaking in front of us and we're going to start having some real eye-openers before too long. I believe so. World's in for a change. Absolutely. Free energy is probably next. And a treat as well. <laughs> the what? Uh, and a treat. A treat. <laughs> we're in for a change and it's going to be a treat. Oh, it's going to be low. Yes, it will be. Yeah, the hereafter is not a bad thing to think about. No, um, no, no, we're all incarnated into these bodies to learn something. We're here yeah. for the experiment. It's how you respond to the experience that's so important. Uh, it's, no matter what it is, you got it's how you respond to it because somewhere along the line, your soul, your karma, whatever it is, has asked for this so you can experience it. Because <laughs> there's no such thing as a loser, you will never lose. You either win or you learn something. So I'm I'm to the point where I just want to learn something from every experience I have, no matter what happens, no matter how it happens. My learning evolution, if you want to call it that, comes with understanding and having compassion with it and, and accepting what you are and what you have as being okay and yeah. being happy about living because they were here just to live. Awesome. Ron, it's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. And uh, Thank until you. next time you stay safe, all of your links will be below ronmoorhead.com. All the M O R E H E D. O or Listen, there is only Mr. There is only one Mr. Ron Moorhead. He has been uh, our guest today. Thank you for taking the time out again, sir. And we will catch you again. Thank you, Mr. Gilly. Thank you very much. Yeah.